Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here with you, to be able to celebrate all that God is continuing to do in and through us, God's church, that we can be a part of the building of God's kingdom right here, right now, that we can be a part of changing the world around us right now because God has given us the gift of His Holy Spirit so that we might be changed, so that we can be a part of what He is doing in the world. Uh, My hope is that if you're new here, uh, that you feel welcome, that you know that we want you to be here. We are excited that you are joining us, whether online or in person. Thanks for joining us and spending a portion of your day in celebration of who Jesus is and all that Jesus is doing in and through us. Uh, We want you to understand that we know we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus. And we want to let Jesus change us from the inside out to be more like him so that we can love people better, so that we can live more fully for God right here and right now. That's why we've been on this this, uh, sermon worship series called Plunge. We've been partnering with our kiddos in Vacation Bible School, Mission Deep Sea. Uh, We had so many kids uh, showing up for Vacation Bible School and just experiencing the love of Jesus and, and hearing stories and playing games and having a great time in the presence of others who, who want them to hear about Jesus and come to know just how much Jesus loves each and every one of them. And so we, we didn't want them to have all the fun uh, at Mission Deep Sea, so we decided we were going to take a plunge and go with them, uh, that we were going to plunge into our faith, go deep into our faith, because sometimes... Sometimes you have to get beneath the surface in order to see the beauty of what's truly there. And so we started this series, Plunge, by talking about, hey, first, we're deeply flawed, that we, we are fundamentally broken, that we can't do things on our own. We can't, we can't be good enough on our own. Uh, we, we titled that term sin because that's what the Bible and what God uses. Uh, it's not a cool, popular term right now, but but that's what it is. And so we're, we, are, we are broken at our core and we need something else. And, and so we need to be deeply forgiven. And that was week two that we talked about what Jesus does for us. And so we, we've become aware of our failures and we become aware of God's grace. And, and it is in that that we recognize that we need to be deeply personal, to have a deeply personal relationship with Jesus. And this week, This week, we're going to talk about what it is to be deeply transformed. Transformation is a buzzword in so many places today. In the business world, uh, transformation is all about companies changing the core of who they are. Their their DNA has to change for them to transform and, and, and be prepared for doing things in the future. Actually, Harvard Business Review says it this way, businesses seek transformation to make fundamental changes in how a business is conducted in order to help cope with a new or more challenging market environment. Uh, businesses seek transformation so that they can uh, go after those customers or, or attain that business that, that is going to be changing in the future. And, and it makes sense that companies want to shift 
with the times. Uh, recently, transformation looks like restructuring in businesses, and, and you know, we're going we're gonna to right size. That's the code word for we're going to downsize or, or lay off people. Uh, I've been through that several times. I'm not a super fan of that, uh, but transformation is what, a desire for transformation is what leads to that. And so when we talk about transformation, we need to understand that it, it extends so much further than just a business model. Uh, actually, it extends now into leadership. There are leaders in, in business that are being trained in transformational leadership. The idea of transformational leadership is this, a manager who attempts to change his or her company's corporate values to reflect a more humane standard of fairness and justice. I mean, that sounds great. Uh, because not only is the, the manager seeking to, to better his company, he's seeking to do so by changing the corporate values to reflect a more humane standard of fairness and justice. We, we can get behind that. Transformation sounds good. I actually think transformation in leadership goes even more because then you don't just seek transformation for the company, you seek transformation for the individuals, for the people in the company. Those people that work for that manager, the manager seeks to transform them to make them better versions of themselves for the benefit of the company. And we, we get this. We can see that transformation uh, creates greater change for the good, that it would be great if, if companies, if individuals could be transformed. Transformation for the greater good is a positive change. It, it, it brings about goodness in people. If, if we're talking about transformation for the betterment of the individual, for the betterment of the world, transformation is something that we have been enamored with our whole lives. I mean, we've seen butterflies come out of, out of caterpillars. We've seen, we've seen so many things change. We root for others to be transformed from brokenness to, to something great. We, we hear stories about this all the time, and we're all like, yes, that's great for them. <laughs> the problem is when we look to ourselves we don't really seek transformation for ourselves, And it's interesting to me that God is all about transformation. God desires the same thing that we've just been talking about on a whole different level for individuals. God desires to transform each and every one of us into something greater than we could ever imagine. You see, God is in the business of transformation. Jesus came so that we might be transformed. God is in the business of transformation. Jesus comes into the world, his life, death, and resurrection, so that we might come to know who he is, not just who he is, but so that he might do a work in us, transforming us to be more and more like him. He tries to explain this uh, when, when he was doing his earthly ministry. Uh, he went to Jerusalem, and while in Jerusalem, he met with a guy named Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus was one of the, the chief Pharisees, one of the chief teachers of Israel. 
And, and he requested a meeting with Jesus, and Jesus goes and meet with him, meets with him. And in the process, uh, Nicodemus and, and Jesus enter into a conversation. And Jesus says, hey, Nicodemus, in order for you to have a right relationship with God, you have to be born again. You have to be born again. And Nicodemus can't fathom what Jesus is saying. He's, he's stuck because he doesn't understand what Jesus is there to do. That Jesus is all about transformation. Jesus is saying, hey, I have come so that you might have new life. Not the same life that you have gone through life with, but a brand new life by the Spirit of God. Jesus says, by water and the Spirit, you must be born again. If you don't get this, Nicodemus, how can you be Israel's teacher? Jesus is saying transformation comes from God. It is only possible from God, and it's only possible through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Because in the resurrection, we have access to the Holy Spirit that does the transforming work. You see, to Nicodemus, Nicodemus is hearing Jesus say this, and and he's stuck because he's focused on the law, the law that says what you can and cannot do. And, and last week we talked about the need for relationship, that Jesus says, hey, I have come so that you might have my life for yourself, so that, that we can have a relationship together, so that we can be one, so that together we can work to change you, because we can't change on our own. It's not like we have a great example and we just need to follow that example. No, Jesus says, I'm not going to leave that up to you. I love you too much. You've tried and tried and tried and failed, and I am not here to be a great moral example. I am here to do life with you. I am here to live and dwell in you and to change you from the inside out. What does it look like? For us to be transformed, what does it look like for us to live in that transformed life? We, we, we can see one of the, the, the major players of the biblical narrative, one of the major people that writes in the New Testament is a guy named Paul. Paul was an enemy of Jesus until he met Jesus, and then he lived out his life in pursuit of of Jesus and and building God's church by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone. And so he, he writes a letter to a church in Corinth and he says this, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view because we have been changed. We no longer see people the same way we did. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. He says, we don't evaluate people on the same level we used to. Now we don't see them as human uh, as we did before in a purely human perspective. Now we see them with the eyes of Jesus, with the eyes of God himself. We see them differently. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ 
reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. The old life of sin and shame are gone. The old brokenness that we carried with us, that was us, is gone. We have not just been given forgiveness, we've been made new in Jesus. A new life of righteousness, Christ's righteousness has been offered to us. We have been given victory over sin and death and restored to relationship with God. A new life of righteousness is right here, available to each and every one of us. Paul continues in a letter to a different church in Galatia. He says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Paul says it, it goes deeper than just a moral teaching that I don't live for myself anymore. Now it is, is the Spirit of God who lives in me. I, I, I didn't know what it was to be alive before, but now with the Spirit of God, I live only for Jesus. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The oneness that we have with Christ allows the Holy Spirit to work and transform us. Christ in us changes us. It, it doesn't leave us the same. Christ in us changes us. We, we say all the time, Christ loves us enough to meet us where we are. Regardless, Jesus will come to us where we are, but he loves us too much to leave us where we are. In, a, in another letter, Paul says this, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. All of us who have, have now seen the gift of Jesus, who have now been born again, who have now been given the gift of life in Jesus Christ, we've had that veil removed, and we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. This, this is the how-to, really. Our, our, our transformation allows us to be more like Christ and reflect His glory. But notice that it's not all at once. That, that, that statement, more and more. And not like 
you, you, when you become the new creation, you're all the way done. Everything's perfect. No, it's just like being born again. We have to grow up and, and mature in our faith, in the Spirit, and in our new life. We become more and more like Jesus throughout our life. You see, it's a process. Transformation in the Spirit is a process that takes a lifetime. In the church, we use a very churchy word that's called sanctification. This is the grace of growing in relationship with God, that we are made more and more into the image of Christ throughout our lifetime. We're not perfected all at once. It doesn't work like that. We grow in that relationship. We grow in our faith. We mature in our understanding of God and in how He changes us from the inside out. This is the gift that we receive in Jesus, and so it can be uh, pertinent for us to ask how. How do we allow God's grace to work in us? How do we allow God to work in and through us? How do we change for the better. Again, it's not that Jesus is a moral example. Jesus says, I'm not going to leave that to you alone. I'm going to come. I will give you my Holy Spirit. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be changed for the better. And that looks like this. We first have to, we have to invite God's transforming love. We have to invite God in. You have to say, God, I need you. Because God won't force himself on you. God is too good for that. God won't say, you have to receive my love. Otherwise, it's, it's all or nothing. God says, I love you, and I want to give you this. Life in me, transformation in me. All you have to do is say yes. Invite that, that presence in. Invite God's transforming love in so that God can do a work in you. Paul says this, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. We have to invite God in so that we can be saved. And then we abide in God's love. I love that term, abide. It means rest in. It means be comfortable in. Be comfortable in God's love. John Wesley, the, the Anglican priest who started the Methodist movement, which became the Methodist church, wrote a, a document on Christian perfection, the idea of entire sanctification and he says this, entire sanctification or Christian perfection is neither more nor less than pure love. Love expelling sin and governing both the heart and life of a child of God. When we abide in God's love, we soak it up, soak it in, and let 
His love, God's love, become our love. Let God's transforming work change us through love, not by just hard works of, I'm going to do it by golly, but instead, but instead allowing God to do that work in us through his love for us. And then finally, we have to embrace the life of Christ. Christ Christ comes to transform us, and in that transformation, Christ compels us to live for and love others. We are Christ's ambassadors. Remember, we read that before in 2 Corinthians. It says this, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Come back to God. Friends, the entirety of this series walks us through what in the church is called the order of salvation. It's not a secret. It's just how things work and and the way that we progress through it. First, we have to come to an understanding, an awareness of our sin, that we are deeply flawed, that we can't do it on our own, that we need help. And then we turn to Jesus and we become aware of the grace that God offers to us through Jesus Christ so that we might become deeply forgiven, justified by the gift that Jesus has given us, his life, death, and resurrection, that we might live then for him. And that's where it becomes deeply personal. We become aware of our need for Jesus, aware of the gift that he gives us, and aware of his closeness in our life. And in that We become aware of his work in us. We are deeply transformed by the power of God working in and through us, changing us fundamentally, not the same old us just working harder, a brand new us in the image of God himself, growing in grace each and every day, learning to be more like Jesus, more and more like Jesus throughout our days, throughout our weeks, throughout our months, throughout our lives, so that in the end, we reflect God so perfectly that God sees only Jesus in us. This is the gift of transformation that God offers us. This is the gift of salvation that God extends to us and says, I want this for you. I want you to be with me because I love you. So let's receive this gift. Let's let God do this work in us so that we can be in the world, the people of God, called by the name of God, representing Jesus Christ, ambassadors for God, saying, come back to God. He loves you. Let's do that. Let's embrace that. Imagine, imagine what our world would look like if we took that seriously, if we took the transforming power of Jesus seriously, if we sought every day 
to allow God to make us more like Jesus? What would the world look like? What, what would your life look like if you embraced the life of Jesus? If Jesus in you became so rich and so alive that you started to reflect his glory into the world, my guess is that the world would be a radically different place because of Jesus' love working in and through each and every one of us. Let's embrace that. Let's live for Jesus. Let's be transformed by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Let's plunge deeply into our faith. And let's go deep in our relationship with God so that God can use us, even us, to make a difference in this world. We pray this in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.